0: and you can get an extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash slash film. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, October 7th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at slashfilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film senior writer and chief film critic, Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, let's jump into the news, Chris. There's only three stories that I wanted to talk about, uh, but the first one is pretty big and it involves Marvel Studios and there is a new Marvel project in the works. Why don't you tell me about that?
1: Yes. So, uh, Catherine Han's uh, Agatha Harkness, who was a big fan favorite on WandaVision, is uh, apparently getting her own spinoff show uh for disney plus um it's currently in development so it doesn't have the the 100 full green light yet but if it does get the full green light uh the show is going to be written by jack schaefer who was also the uh marvel doesn't like to use the term showrunner but she was the showrunner on uh wandavision so uh and she after wandavision she signed a deal with uh disney and, and 20th century studios to develop more tv shows and so this looks like it's it this is part of that deal so there you have it
0: okay so the last time we saw agatha harkness what it's been a little while since i've seen wandavision chris what happened what was the last we saw of agatha what was what was her uh
1: so wanda trapped her in her fake agnes persona and sort of took away her magic in the process. So that's sort of where we saw her last.
0: Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I remember her being essentially trapped inside the city. I'd forgotten that her like magical abilities were were taken away from her as well. So what do you think about what this show could be? I I understand that the details are pretty scarce at this moment. So it seems to leave a lot of room open for speculation. So let's do that for a second. What, What kind of story do you think they might be interested in telling here?
1: Well, you know, they have a lot of room to work here because in the comics, Agatha Harkness is really, really, I think she's like centuries old. And in WandaVision, it was established that she was around during the Salem witch trials. So they have a lot of uh, time to focus on it. They want to make it like a prequel that takes place before WandaVision or sort of like, they can sort of like do a Godfather 2 sort of thing where they're jumping <laughs> back and forth in time, maybe.
0: Yeah, man, that sounds cool. And and I think um Catherine Hahn looked pretty similar. I don't remember them doing a ton yeah, of she... like digital de-aging or anything like that. Yeah. So that yeah, that leaves a lot of interesting possibilities there. You have this quote from her where in the past she said, if I were to ever come back, there's so many aspects of Agatha that I think are fascinating. She touches in on so many different worlds throughout the comics. She's a centuries old witch and she's seen a lot and there's a lot of different people and beings that she's crossed paths with over the last couple of centuries, so that would be a blast to explore. And I feel like she wouldn't have said that if that hadn't been a conversation that she maybe had with uh with Jack Schaefer. So, um yeah, I think you may be right there. I think a uh, prequel might be the way to go here um i'm curious to see if that character pops up at all in uh what is it called dr strange in the multiverse of madness because we know that uh, elizabeth olsen's wanda is supposed to show up in that movie so um they sort of put agatha in this like holding pattern and uh yeah i'm, I'm curious what happens there OK, let's get into our second story, which involves the future of motion capture or performance capture, as Andy Serkis likes to call it. And the story is uh, about a quote that Andy Serkis gave. He, of course, is the the director of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, which I know that you're, you're a fan of, Chris. Um, and Andy Serkis obviously is like one of the the pioneers, the sort of, um, I guess, like one of the faces of the performance capture, motion capture um, like industry I guess it is he has a a whole company called the Imaginarium that he's been uh not only like you know acting and and sort of doing um like a list uh performance capture stuff in the the um Planet of the Apes trilogy but also he directs a lot of things and sort of lends out his his services to like um consult on, on other performance capture projects. And he had this quote where he said, people have criticized me before for saying that it's like digital makeup, but it is becoming that. I think you'll be able to play someone from history, from photogrammetry and have a real Abraham Lincoln's face that you're playing rather than a sculpted one. So, uh, that is a really, really interesting concept. And I can't believe I never even uh, predicted this before, but it, it makes total sense in terms of, you know, everybody is always going for, uh, to try to destroy the, unc- the uncanny valley, to try to bridge that gap between something that looks you know completely photorealistic. And once that, uh, that gap is bridged, it, it only kind of makes sense for uh, Hollywood to try to <laughs> essentially put an actor inside of another real person. What do you think about this, Chris? Do you think there's anything to Andy Circus's prediction here?
1: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I don't like it, like you know, because <laughs> he you know he uses Abraham Lincoln as a thing. But like when I was watching Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, the last thing I thought was, I wish they had digitally changed Daniel Day Lewis's face so it was like a weird cartoon Lincoln head. Like I don't need that. Like I, I, you know, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not saying it can't be done in a good way, but my my knee jerk reaction is no let's not do that because i i feel like it's going to be distracting but i mean obviously the technology has gotten better but i don't know it just it does not it you know it just bothers digital will never be as good as practical no matter how good the tech gets you know i watch a lot of horror movies and horror movies now like all the blood is digital and it really bothers me man i miss that old school you know just so they got you know some syrup and some food dye yeah. and made real blood. You know, I, I yeah. missed when it, you know, quote unquote, real blood, you know, I, I miss that. So.
0: Yeah. I wonder, I mean, he brings up Lincoln here and that, uh, that raises a whole, like another, uh, issue of like, a an ethical problem of potentially, um, you know, stepping inside someone's body. And if it looks photo real, then, you know there that it's essentially the uh like the deep it's a it's a a better version of a deep fake right like to some degree um i think it's maybe a little bit more clear that it's within the confines of the movie so there's no uh (laughs) there's no mistaking the fact that like the real abraham lincoln it's not there's no confusion there that like that lincoln came back from the dead and participated in this film but um but you know with as much as hollywood loves um uh like biopics and movies about people playing re- real people. I mean, look at like Rami Malek won an Oscar for for playing Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody um, recently. So that's just like a, a very recent example. But there's tons of examples like that. That's like one of the the uh, catnip categories in in the Oscar world. Uh, it stands to reason that Hollywood would make. Uh, a movie where somebody does a motion capture performance capture version of somebody who's still alive. And that's like a a really, um, interesting ethical dilemma that, uh, that, you know, people could, could wade into. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you, Chris. Generally, I, I think like the magic of a movie like Lincoln, for example, is watching Daniel day Lewis, uh, transform into that person and sort of like, um, change his, his body to like find the essence of a person. And, um, I feel like it's, it, it's more like cheating. If you, uh, if you can just map some, you know, the the quote unquote, real face over the top of that. Uh, and I know that there's like a whole, there's actually work that goes into that. Um, it's an artistry unto itself. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if even in a few years, if this very conversation that we're having right now will be um, outdated, you know, like an example of like, uh, people can't uh, can't look ahead to to the inevitability of change and all that kind of stuff, or uh, if this is just going to be something that um, that sort of tries a couple times and and doesn't end up becoming a big thing. So, uh, all right, our, our final story here involves the uh, the new project from Mike Flanagan, who is a, a filmmaker who's directed a bunch of stuff that you have liked, Chris, and and I that I've enjoyed. Um, I've not seen all of his work, but the the stuff that I've seen, I've really liked. So, uh, he has a new show that is out on Netflix right now called Midnight Mass. Uh, so I'm wondering, Chris, since we haven't talked about that yet, if you could just give me your brief thoughts on Midnight Mass and then tell me about this new project that Flanagan has in the works.
1: Uh, I really like Midnight Mass. It's a little, um, chatty. There are like a lot of monologues, but they're really well-written monologues so they didn't bother me and I just I like Mike Flanagan's work in general I really I love Mike Flanagan's work I've I've been following his career really since he first got started like he his first feature was this film called Absentia and I remember seeing that on uh, I guess it was DVD when it came out on DVD and this was back when no one had any idea who he was and uh, it's been interesting to like you know follow his career as it's gotten bigger and bigger and I, you know I'm I'm happy for him because I really like his work and uh uh yeah so so I'm I'm a fan of his and I really liked uh, Midnight Mass.
0: Okay so he has a new project coming up. What is that?
1: Yeah, so uh he's once he's once again working with Netflix to make a new uh horror series um inspired by The Fall of the House of Usher which is a uh, Edgar Allan Poe story and um, rather than just adapt that story alone, the, the series is going to adapt a bunch of stuff uh, from Poe's work, which is similar to um, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is another series he did, which took primarily, it took main inspiration from The Turn of the Screw, which is a Henry James uh, novella, but it also took inspiration from a bunch of other uh, Henry James ghost stories as well. So it sort of sounds like they're, they're doing sort of a similar thing here, but with Edgar Allan Poe.
0: So I have seen the Roger Corman, uh, House of Usher, which starred Vincent Price. And that came out in what the the sixties or something, right? Um, have you seen that movie? Do you know, are you familiar with the, uh, the House of Usher story?
1: Yes. Yeah. I I saw that and I read the the story.
0: So what do you think about the story? Uh, I guess the story as a whole, and then what do you think about Flanagan being paired with that material?
1: Uh, You know, I, I think it's a, a good story. I, I really love A Ground Post stuff. And I think uh, Mike Flanagan is going to have a lot of stuff to do with it because Mike Flanagan sort of specializes in, in horror stories about uh, families and families that have, you know, lots of inner turmoil, dysfunctional families, if you will. And uh, that story at its heart is a dysfunctional family story. So I'm sure he's going to have a lot of material to work with there.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things that I, I think he's like sort of become known for is, um, is like exploring trauma, right? Like the, the, uh, the lasting impacts of that, that trauma has on people and how that can sort of eat people alive from the inside out. Do you think that that is something that he's going to try to continue to explore? Like, is that a, uh, is that, just, is that just like who he is as a filmmaker or do you think he has a different mode, like a different, um, theme that he is, is, uh, more interested in exploring. Have you seen in his other work, um, you know, other little flashes of, of, uh, areas of interest of him or for, for him?
1: No, I really think that is really what he's most interested in, in exploring. I mean, pretty much everything he's made, even stuff that, you know, he didn't come up with originally, like Dr. Sleep has, you know, been like that, that blending of both horror and, family trauma and and just you know past history and how it uh, you know affects people throughout uh time so uh, i do think that's just going to be a a big part of of this because i just think that's that's what he's most interested in
0: cool 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 all right yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm not caught up with midnight mass yet but man i got it's being added to my list my my ever-growing list of things here but um yeah, Chris, maybe I can have you back on like early next week or something we can do a, uh, a mini water cooler talk about stuff you've been watching recently because it's been a little bit since we've done that. So. Sure. All right. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and links inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. Chris actually has a great feature up right now about the biggest problem with the James Bond... Uh, the daniel craig era of the james bond franchise and uh, you can subscribe to this show on apple google overcast spotify all of the popular podcast apps you can send your feedback questions comments concerns and mailbag topics to us at peter at slash make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts tell your friends spread the word thank you all for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow if you and your team want to cut down on busy work and get more choice and control over accounts payable, you need Bill. Bill Accounts Payable is your secret weapon for saving time on AP. And with a special offer at bill.com podcast, you'll save money too. With Bill, streamline your entire AP process, including bill creation, approvals and payments. You can pay with ACH, credit card, check and international wire transfer. Plus, you can easily integrate with most accounting software. No wonder hundreds of thousands of businesses are already using Bill to manage their AP. Schedule a free demo now to see how Bill can automate your financial operations. And right now, get 15% off when you subscribe to Bill Accounts Payable. There's never been a better time to sign up. This special offer is available for a limited time only at bill.com slash podcast. Terms apply. See bill.com slash podcast for details.